Welcome to the Jed Breaks Bread podcast. My name is Jonathan Edwards, and I serve as a pastor at the Grace Brethren Chapel located in Northwest Ohio. The goal of this podcast is to teach God's truth and how to apply it accurately to one's life so that our orthopraxy might be as good as our orthodoxy. May you be blessed as you contemplate God's word. Greetings, saints and fellow bond slaves of Jesus Christ. I trust that your time in the Word has been profitable and that you've been growing according to the grace and truth that we find in the Word of God. All right. This is the month of February. Everybody knows, right? We're a little over a week into the month. And what is February known for? Obviously, if you live in Western society, specifically the United States, it's known for Valentine's Day. And because of that, February just has this reputation of being the quote-unquote, month of romance, all right? It's a, it's a month where you're supposed to celebrate the, the love that you have between your romantic partner. Obviously, as Christians, this is the love that you share between a husband and a wife, right? That's the only acceptable romantic partner that you can have according to God's design. But um, while many of us are married, there are a segment of the population in the church that are unmarried. There are singles some are older adults, but many singles are younger adults, maybe ages 18 to 30, uh, sometimes even younger than that. In teen ministry, um, there's a lot of beginning to think about future relationships and dating and all that. And so, you know, you have 13 to 18-year-olds. And as I considered what to talk about in the month of February— I thought it would be really important, and it's one of the really overlooked areas of church life or church, um, church teaching, is to talk about how and what you look for in a godly spouse, all right? How do you determine what to look for, and then what, what do you look for? And while that is an overlooked topic, I think if I can just kind of like drill down into an even finer detail— there is a need for young men and young women to become the godly spouse that somebody would desire to marry. You need to become godly marriage material. And so, young men, today's podcast is going to be focused on you. It's going to examine your character characteristics, your character traits, the types of things that you should be doing and working on. And the purpose of this, of course, is so that you will grow and become a more eligible bachelor, okay? Every bachelor, every bachelorette is eligible, but we want you to be a very eligible or a a more eligible bachelor. We want you to be the kind of uh, man who will attract extremely godly women. And ladies, next episode will be all about you. You need to become the kind of lady who will attract a godly man. Notice the key qualifier, godly, godly, godly man, godly woman. You can attract men, ladies, and men, you can attract women. But we want you to focus on the quality of the individual and 
in order to do that, you have to, in some ways, focus on your own personal qualities. If I'm seeking an individual of high character to marry, does my own character match that high standard? That's a really important question, and one that is all too often overlooked, and one that is really kind of cast aside when we do think about um, who are we going to marry. One of the things that we do as a misstep is, and, and this is in our culture, it's in every culture, one of the things that we do as a misstep is we place a high deal of emphasis on physical romantic attraction. Does this person excite me? You know, if we could go all the way back to uh, the Disney movie Bambi, you know, in the, the springtime scene, they talk about being Twitterpated. Okay, does this person give me the feeling of butterflies in my stomach? And we use that feeling or we use those um, attractions, which I would call infatuations. We use those as the standard of measure to say, oh, I'm, I should pursue this person or I should not pursue this person. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think physical attraction is very important. But physical attraction is not the end-all, be-all. And in fact, in our culture today, um, we use a standard of let's, do phys- let's be physically attracted to one another first, and then let's make sure that our, um, the person that we're attracted to is going to let us you know, live an autonomous life. And so marriage is less of a covenant commitment but more of a partnership that is mutually beneficial as long as the two parties want to continue. This is why there are a lot of people who are millennials and younger who are just choosing not to get married because they don't see marriage as a covenant commitment that is to be established for life. They see it as uh, something of convenience, something that helps them grow as a person, but maybe when that relationship becomes stale, um, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, not gonna keep going with that. I'm not gonna try to keep working on this, and so we have a high divorce rate. Or, in the case of younger people, we have a lot of young people who just choose not to get married. They just choose to live together and kind of do life together. We can readily acknowledge that that perspective is anti-biblical. That perspective does not conform to what God established in the text of Scripture. In Genesis chapter 2, in Matthew chapter 19, in other portions of Scripture, uh, you know, some of the Old Testament law passages, marriage is a covenant between a man and a woman that lasts for life. And there are a lot of reasons for that covenant, all right? Not least of which is that God established it. There's, there's more reasons to that. And I actually have other podcasts that talk about the reasons for marriage, so I'm not going to dive into those there. But what I am going to do is I am going to say to young men, if you want to become godly marriage material, there are three things that you need to really focus on. Three things that you need to focus on. The first of those three things is this. You need to be committed to Christ and his church. That's it. Number one, number one thing that you need to be focused on is to be committed to Christ and his church. And I would frame it in this type of question, okay? I would put it to you this way. What are you willing to give up to serve Jesus? What are you willing to give up to serve Jesus? Now, Jesus 
was tested at one point in the Gospels by the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and this is nothing new. He was tested multiple times. But one of the times he was tested, a teacher of the law came up and said to him, Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus responded to this man and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. So, young men, if you want to be godly marriage material, you need to ask yourself, do I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my mind? Is the love of Jesus Christ the overwhelming thought that drives my decisions in life? Is the love of Christ the rule that I will submit to? Is the love of God the thing that compels me to act in certain ways that are in accordance with God's Word? Is, the, is there any doubt that I love Jesus? And I, I'm, I will say this, we all struggle with idolatry. We all struggle with keeping God the primary focus of our life, keeping Christ the primary focus of our life. And so I'm, I'm saying, you know, I'm not saying you should never have that struggle. In fact, that's the reason why God gave the first three of the Ten Commandments the way that he did, um, to keep the Lord your God first, to not have any idols, and to make sure that you set aside time to worship. Like, there's a reason for those commandments, uh, so that we would prioritize loving God first with everything that we are. If you don't love God first, if you don't love God with everything that you are, you can attend church, you could even serve in the church, but sometime, somewhere down the line, you will find something that is more important to you than Jesus Christ. And at that point, you will make compromises to Christ in order to serve whatever it is that you find. Young men, you need to be committed to Christ and his church first, above everything else. You know, when you think about getting married, you think, oh, I'm going to have a great relationship with this woman. Things are going to be fabulous. Uh, we complete each other. We love each other. We talk for hours. Um, she meets all my emotional needs. She's attractive. All this stuff. And guess what happens, men? Guess what happens? She's going to get pregnant and start having babies. And you know what? As much as she wants to be committed to you, she's going to be committed to those babies. And you're going to feel like you're second place. And that might, that's going to hurt. And that might be a long time that you're second place. And in some ways, it's only natural for women to do that. And I'm not saying that, I'm not trying to justify it. I'm not saying that women don't need to be mindful to pay attention to their husbands. But I am saying that if women are going to fulfill what God has called them to do, to nurture children and to be workers at home, by design, they are going to be focused on children. And so if you're focused on this woman and you're committed to the great times that you have with her, the great conversations that you have with her, um, the way that she makes you feel and all this kind of stuff, when that goes away due to life circumstances, whether it's children or it could be an illness or something else, what are you going to be committed to? What do you have? I submit to you men that if you're committed to Christ and his church, you will learn how to love your wife like Christ loved the church, and you will be understanding. 
You will live with her in an understanding way. You will know and you'll have confidence that even when she's caring for the children and not able to quote-unquote meet all your needs, she still loves you. She's still devoted to you. She still respects you. But men, if you are not committed to Christ and his church, you may get wandering eyes. You may think, ah, this relationship is just not for me. There's other reasons for me to live life than to be in this situation that I'm in. But if you're committed to Christ and his church, you're going to stick it out in your marriage through thick and thin. You're going to stick it out for good or for worse. You're going to stick it out in health or in sickness. Why? Because you made a covenant to Christ, first of all, when you got married. You made a covenant before Christ. You made a covenant that you would keep. And so if you are not committed to Christ and his church, if that is not the way that you are organizing your life right now, young men, you need to do that. You need to stop messing around with your own desires, stop serving yourself, and be committed to Christ and his church. Jesus said this in Mark 10, chapter 45, the Son of God did not come to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, you're obviously not going to do that last portion. You're not going to give your life a ransom for many. But you need to imitate the Son of God in how he choose he chose, okay? He chose to serve others rather than be served. If you're committed to Christ, that's the attitude that you will adopt. And are you willing to serve in the church? Are you willing to give of your time and your energy and your resources to advance Christ's kingdom? If you begin that pattern right now, that will greatly benefit you when life gets busier, if you get a promotion at work, when you start having more children. All these things contribute to taking away from your time to serve Christ. And so you need to make sure that you prioritize the other aspects of life around serving Christ, not serving Christ around everything else in your life. So young men, This is the first thing to grow in. Be committed to Christ and his church. Secondly, if you want to become godly marriage material, you need to learn how to grow in godly virtues. You need to grow in godly virtues. And I I cannot overstate enough the contrast between what the Bible says young men should do, or men in general should do, and what the culture says men should do. The culture says Young men should go out and sow their wild oats. Young men should go out and do whatever they want to do. They should live any way they please. And for young men, this is a a great temptation. Oh, I have this, you know, free card, this free pass to act like a ruffian. And everybody says it's okay because boys will be boys. No, no. No, that's what the culture says. The culture says boys will be boys. But God says men need to be men. Men need to be men of character. Men need to grow in character. Men need to be men who um, continue to display that character throughout every season of life, not just for a short burst, but day in, day out, year after year. The culture encourages laziness amongst men. It encourages dependence. It encourages 
self-fulfillment. The culture says, don't respect authority. You're your own authority. But what does God say? God says, respect every authority and submit to the appropriate ones. The culture, the culture is destroying manhood. And you, young man, young man who professes to know Christ, you are the only way that manhood, true manhood, will be represented in the culture. And I'm not going to go into a long tangent on that. We could, I'm sure that I could develop an entire episode on how the culture is destroying manhood. But it's sufficient to say at this point that your character, your growth and godly virtues must be absolutely distinguishable from that of the culture. You cannot imitate the culture. You must imitate Jesus Christ and the truths that he reveals in the New Testament. So what kind of godly virtues are you to grow in? What kind of godly virtues are you to grow in? Well, there's a couple of lists that have been provided to you in the New Testament. A couple of lists, one found in Galatians chapter 5, one found in 1 Peter chapter 3, one found in Colossians chapter 3, I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1. But let's just start with Galatians chapter 5, okay? This is well known. If you've been in church for any amount of time, you know what the fruit of the Spirit is. You've heard this before. Galatians 5, 22, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Do you recognize that each one of those attributes is a character trait? Okay, it is a character trait. Um, you need to become more loving. You need to become more joyful. You need to become more patient. You need to become more kind and on and on down the list. And tacked on at the very end, almost as if it's unimportant, but actually it's the key to all of them, is the virtue of self-control. That's self-discipline. That is being able to hold your thoughts, your actions, your moods. You take charge of all of those things, and you don't let them get out of control. These are the character traits that describe a faithful Christian man. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Notice, anger is not in there. Pride, arrogance, selfishness, none of those things are in there. None of those things. In fact, those types of things are in the list of what not to do. See, Paul says, just a few verses before this fruit of the Spirit, he says, the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry. All right, I'm going to keep going to things that men struggle with. Outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, drunkenness, and carousing. Those things that I just mentioned are the kinds of characteristics that the world says is fine. Immorality. Hey, man, you want to look at porn? Look at all the porn you want to. Ah, it's just no big deal. Impurity, same thing. You want to look at porn? Go to the strip club? Fine. Do whatever feels, do whatever makes you feel good. You want to sleep around? Go for it. You know, you're not really serious about anything. You're just kind of trying things out right now. 
That's how, that's how the world presents these ideas. How about outbursts of anger and disputes and dissensions? This is something that many men are prone to, having an angry spirit or a, a, a big giant temper. And, you know, we see it on TV with, with different athletes. Of course, when something doesn't go right in the game, they have a, a giant outburst of anger. They're yelling at teammates, yelling at coaches. Uh, and that's kind of, in some ways, glorified. How about um, drunkenness? Well, yeah, that's a huge one. That's a huge one. Let me not control my own mind. Let me not practice self-control, but let me have my mind be controlled by alcohol. And let me just say this. Maybe it's not alcohol in particular that controls your mind, but maybe it's uh, marijuana or some other drug of, of that nature. Anything that takes you away from sobriety, <clears throat> Anything that takes you away from being under control, that is wrong. And yet these are the things that are celebrated. Now, because these things are the celebrated things, you have a responsibility to go in the exact opposite direction. Do something different than this. And you know what? You have the advantage of the Word of God. It tells you exactly what to do different. I just read to you from... Um, Galatians chapter 5 on what to do. But let's now take a look at First Peter, or I'm sorry, Second Peter chapter 1. Listen to this list of virtues given by Peter, okay? As you grow in your faith, you should be growing in these virtues as well. Grow in faith. Grow in moral excellence. Grow in knowledge grow in self-control, grow in perseverance, grow in godliness, grow in brotherly kindness, and grow in love. Men, if you want to attract a godly woman, if you want a woman who, uh, when I publish the next episode, if you want a woman who meets those character qualities, then you need to develop these character qualities in yourself. Godly, Good women don't often go for men who are weak, frail, who are enslaved to the culture. Now, I, I admit it's true. There, there, is a, there is a segment of the population where you have uh, you know, the good girl going for the bad guy. That is true. But I don't think that that really happens in Christian circles as much as it happens uh, like in secular circles or in worldly circumstances. So my, I want you to not focus on being the bad guy and attracting the good girl. You need to focus rather on being a godly man and growing in these godly virtues because these will benefit you not just as you seek for a spouse, but they will benefit you as you endure the hardships of marriage and as you endure the hardships of rearing children. Because, my friends, it is not easy to be a dad. It takes consistency day in and day out, week in and week out, so that you can be a godly example to your children. Okay, now, the third thing that you need to do as you try to develop into godly marriage material. This is a little bit of a principle that I'm going to extract from the text, but I think it's a true principle, and I think it's really important in today's day and age. You need 
as a man to put away childish things. Put away childish things. Now, where does this come from? This comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You know the famous passage on love. It comes from 1 Corinthians 13 in verse 11, where Paul says this, When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. But when I became a man, I did away with childish things. Now, in the context of this entire chapter talking about love, what Paul is saying is that love is the attitude that you develop as you become a man. Love is the character quality that supersedes all others as you grow up in spiritual maturity. And Paul is speaking directly to the church in Corinth, which was selfish, um, controlled by factions. It was a church that really uh, was interested in itself, not interested in other people or other members of the body. And so in his appeal to them, he's saying, you need to develop love. When you were a child, you thought in childish ways. But as you grow up in spiritual maturity, love will characterize your interactions with fellow believers. And the principle that I'm going to extract from this is, as a man, when we are young, we think in certain ways. We pursue certain things. But as we mature, if we want to grow up and be responsible, God-honoring, um, if we want to have a life that are centered on Christ-likeness, we need to put away childish ways of thinking, and we need to develop manly or adult ways of thinking. And what does this look like, okay? What does this look like? Well, what are the things that our society, our culture, encourages young men to be involved in? I'll just, first thing that comes to my mind is video games and gaming in general. Gaming in general, video games, that is a childish thing. That is a fantasy land where you get involved in a particular fantasy, and that takes you away from reality. So I'm not saying that it's wrong to play video games or that video games could be something that you do for recreation. But what I am saying is that video games keep you separated from reality. And if you want to be marriage material, you're going to break your habit of video gaming. Video gaming will not control you. You will control video gaming, and you will carefully monitor how much time you spend playing video games. The next thing I would add to that is addiction to TV or computer. Um, this could be movies that you watch. Um, I know a lot of young men who are really into movies who just, they, they watch the same movie over and over again or the same types of movies, and they can quote movie lines to one another. And, you know, is that, is that what's going to help you in marriage? I mean, it's fun to watch a movie with your wife. Don't get me wrong. That's fun. But I can guarantee you that if you're going to be a manly man, a godly man, the time that you have for movies is going to go way, 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 way down. You should spend your time, instead of doing that, doing something more productive, okay? Here's the third thing that you need to put away, childish things. Put away your boyhood hobbies. Put away your boyhood recreations. Now, I'm not saying that recreation is bad. I think that recreation is healthy. I think that hobbies are healthy. But a lot of young men spend all of their time focused on their recreation activities, 
and that becomes their identity. When your recreation becomes your identity, that's a problem. Your identity should not be in your recreation activity. It should be in Christ. And so do you golf? Do you hunt? Do you fish? Um, Maybe your recreation is gaming. Is it video gaming? I don't know what it is. It doesn't really matter what it is. Maybe it's music. Um, Maybe it's whatever, you know, some type of running or cycling or whatever. You need to put away an unbalanced focus on recreation. You should not be identified as, well, there goes the triathlon guy. There goes the golf guy. There goes the whatever, you know. It's okay. Again, you, it's okay to have recreation. It's good. It's profitable. But when your recreation is so intense that um, it defines you, that you're known for it, you need to really consider the balance that you have in that. Why is that important? Well, if your recreation is your identity and you get married and you start having some kids, what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose your wife and children? Are you going to choose your recreation? A lot of men have already made that calculus. And the calculus that they've made is, I'm choosing my recreation. I'm going to continue doing what I love to do regardless of where that puts my wife and my children. And you know what that leads to? Conflict in marriage, strife. That is not godly. That is not loving. That is not putting the needs of others ahead of your own. And so, young men, you need to put away childish things. Start now while you're single. Start developing better habits or better ways to use your time. What should you do? Well, I would suggest reading, learning to read. Reading is really becoming a lost art, a lost skill, and I think that you should learn to read. You should be a very good reader. Um, Reading helps to challenge your perspective. Reading helps to grow your perspective. I think that reading can confirm the actions that you're taking in the course of life. So read books and also read your Bible. Secondly, what could you do instead of, let's say, video gaming or excessive unbalanced focus on hobbies or recreation or TV computer time? Something you could do is learn a profitable skill. You could learn um, financial money management. You could learn uh, some type of um, like construction skill or uh, like handyman skill so that you can fix things someday when you have a house. You could learn some type of automotive skill. Learn a, a profitable skill that you can have that will benefit your future family and also would be something that you could pass on to your children. I want you, as you think about putting away childish things, young men, I want you to think about a man that you admire or a couple men that you admire. What do they do? How do they spend their time? How do they discipline themselves for godliness? I want you to take real consideration of these things. If you want to be a godly and God-honoring spouse, you need to begin developing that right now in your life. Because if you're not developing it now, you're not going to attract a young woman who has an equal desire to pursue godliness. And while I recognize that two people who maybe don't have a strong desire to pursue godliness can get married and they can grow together and God's grace really uh, stands in the gap for them and helps them to overcome things, I think that you can make life easier for yourself by becoming 
the most Christ-like version of yourself that you can become while you are single. That's a great time to start because there's nothing that is more sanctifying than getting married, and there's nothing that's more sanctifying than getting married than adding children to the mix. God does those things to grow you, and you need to be in the habit of wanting that growth. You need to be in the habit of developing godly characteristics, godly virtues. You need to be willing to be humble and doing the three things that I've laid out here. Number three, putting away childish things. Number two, growing in godly virtues. And number one, first and foremost, being committed to Christ and his church. You do those three things, you will be well on your way to having as much peace and joy and happiness that you could possibly experience in marriage. Because you'll find out that it's not about you, it's about Jesus. And it's not about you secondly, it's about your wife. And it's not about you in the third place, it's about your children. And you'll find joy and satisfaction as you are able to serve them with a Christ-like, humble attitude. So young men, this is my challenge for you. Develop, grow in these characteristics, and you will be good marriage material. And if you're already married, it's good to examine these three things. Think about them. Am I doing these things well? Do I need to grow in one of these things? We always, as believers, must take time to do a self-evaluation and say, am I doing what is right according to God's truth? All right, my friends, thank you for joining me. I will see you, or I will talk to you, in two weeks when it's time to discuss the characteristics that a godly woman should develop in order to be marriage material.